Hello, and welcome to our podcast, What Makes Them Tip, innovations that changed everything, where we hear from business leaders and entrepreneurs about the moment, insight, or inspiration that made everything possible, and ultimately push them over the tipping point. I'm Mike Strada, founder and CEO of Arcalea, where we inspire business change by introducing data science, formal analytics, and provide implementation for marketing. Moneyball for growth-oriented businesses, we say success is now a science. Stay with us, and at the end of the show, we'll share how you can be the next guest on one of the fastest-growing podcasts in the industry. And with that, let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of What Makes Them Tip, Entrepreneurial Innovations That Changed Everything. I'm your host, Timmy Bauer, and my guest today is Dave Clayman. He is the founder and CEO of 12 Points Wealth Management. He loves to help people discover and realize their dreams, and he is a Mustang collector. Dave, welcome to the show. Thanks, Timmy. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Mustangs, what got you into collecting them? So when I was five years old, my dad's best friend was a toll taker on the Mass Turnpike, and he bought the 1979 pace car, and it had a faded graphic with horses down the side. And for a five-year-old kid, that was pretty darn cool. So that was the moment I fell in love with the Mustangs. I would see it every time we drove down the Mass Pike, and I've been in love with them ever since. I've never been a car guy. I've been a motorcycle person. But I had to I had to stop riding motorcycles because it got too dangerous. Uh, once well, I, I was a I was a motorcycle guy younger, but it I'm it's I'm lucky I was alive. <laughs> what did what did yeah, what, what did you ride? Uh, my fastest one was a 1990 uh, GSXR eleven hundred. It was the fastest production bike bike ever made at the time. They made it make it heavier the next oh, year. Oh man. I think my problem is I'm short, so it kind of limited what I was allowed to buy in motorcycles. Uh, so my best Mike w- or my my best one was a uh uh Kawasaki Ninja uh I forget what the engine size was, but it was not it was not big, but it could go fast. <laughs> and oh man, <laughs> that was not a good thing. Um once everybody started texting and driving, I was like I have to stop doing I have to stop driving a motorcycle. Mhm. Yeah, I prefer the, that's the Mustangs. I prefer convertibles because I get 4,000 pounds of steel around me as I have the top down instead of on the bike. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, let's talk about your journey in entrepreneurship and your company. So um, you started 12 Points Wealth Management in 2014, but what's your story? What got you into, into doing that? Sure. So uh, I guess it starts really when I was 18 years old. My grandfather was in from Phoenix, Arizona. And he had been an entrepreneur. He founded an antique store. Uh, Actually, his father founded it. Then he, after him, my father did not stay in the antique business, but he started uh, a gas station and sold that years later. And um, so when my grandfather was visiting from Phoenix, we were sitting at Logan Airport waiting for him to go back. And he said, turned and said to me, totally out of the blue, David, my boy, someday you'll start your own fidelity. And uh, so that was uh, it only in the last year or so I figured out he must have seen the giant fidelity sign out the window at Logan because I couldn't figure out why he said that to me. And um, I always kept that in the back of my head. I had no interest in going into financial advice at the time. I was going to be an accountant and Uh um, I bounced around. I actually was running a D'Angelo sandwich shop here in Massachusetts when I was 23. And my friend who co-ran it with me got the uh, opportunity to be an assistant at Payne Weber in Boston. And, um, he said to me, Oh, you know, a spot opened up, you could join me. And I said, but 
how much does it pay? And he said, $24,000 a year. I said, but I make 45 now. And he said, do you really want to make sandwiches the rest of your life? So we cut a deal. And for the first 18 months, he would pick me up at eight at eight o'clock in the morning. We'd drive to Boston, work from 830 to five at Payne Weber, drive back to Waltham, work six to 11 at D'Angelo's so we could make the same amount of money. And uh, we did that for 18 months. And then I got promoted in the program and that rolled me up through the brokerage and advisory program at uh, UBS Payne Weber and then on to Morgan Stanley. And then in 2013, uh, it was time to fulfill that uh, that goal that my grandfather had set for me and set out and start my own fidelity. So yeah. here we are. What, what motivated that for you uh, to, to quit and start your own? Uh, it was a few things. It was uh, a trend in the industry away from the large firms and, and to the smaller firms, both in the clients and the advisor side. It was also that desire to do things the right way. I just didn't feel like it was always being done the right way. Um, nothing against the large firms, but um, just, you know, when you're a public company, you're beholden to your stockholder. It's hard to also have that same duty to your client. And yeah. while they have great ethics, it's difficult. So here we're able to really believe in the fact that it is the entire community that hopefully benefits from our firm, from the charitable and foundation work we're able to do to the helping the individual clients, to the corporate retirement plans we work with, and really weaving those together and uh, helping out the entire community. That's really what I think it differentiates us here at 12 Points. Yeah, that's, so that's kind of where I'm headed. If you could give us, uh, so what are some of the unique ways that your company approaches the market? Um. So, well, we don't think it always goes up, which apparently is unique these days because everybody seems to think it only goes up. Uh, risk seems to have been a forgotten thing in the world. But really, it's more about knowing that for every additional ounce of return you reach for, you are taking on some additional risk. So taking and first securing what does a family need in order to realize those dreams and goals we talked about, looking at that, then we analyze, okay, this bucket of money can secure that. Now we can have a play bucket over here, but first and foremost, I call it the Hippocratic Oath of Investing. Don't screw it up. Your clients have made their money. They've built themselves a legacy. Your job is to make sure that it continues and helps them achieve what they need. So you don't have to go crazy. And that's really an important thing to us. Yeah. So since 2014, what are some ways that your company has innovated? Well, I think one of the big ways has been on the, uh, we'll start on the retirement plan side. The retirement plan side has been huge for us, really um, just informing people of how much fees have come down. We've saved companies 30, 40% often, um, and then adding educational services to help their employees to really look at, you know, when you go into your job and you get a 401k, an HSA, an FSA, you got alphabet soup. And an employee doesn't know where's the next best dollar. How should I be spending it to increase my benefits? So really looking at their picture as a whole and acting as a consultant to them has been a real, I think, a real boon for our business. It's one of the reasons we are um, voted one of the fastest growing retirement plans and advisors in the country. So that's been awesome for us. Um, yeah. My partner, uh, Francesca, is an absolute hound dog for gaining business. She's awesome. Um, and she really hustles like no one I've ever seen. So how, how so uh, what could we learn from her? She has, um, we, you can learn a couple things. Uh, you know, people always ask what the secret of our success is and I'll tell you we're pleased, but never satisfied. But the other piece is there is no secret other than BS and T as I tell everybody. And that's not the band from South Korea. That's blood, sweat, and tears. 
And yeah. it really is what drives us. Um, I'd love to say we had some magic, but it really just is not allowing ourselves to be outworked, not getting discouraged. Um, Francesca used uh, LinkedIn to a great advantage. She really is an expert at finding ways to connect with people. Yeah. I really think the other thing is that, um, you know, uh, one of our other, uh, our chief operating officer says that people would eat birdseed out of Francesca's hand. She really just has a way of connecting with people. And I hope I do too. Um, but we really show people how much we care because at the end of the day, that's what our process is based on. Everything starts with getting to know each other and are we going to like each other? or Is this going to be a good fit? And then we get into the details of your money because money is one of the most personal things in the world. I say people would rather tell you what happens in their bedroom than what's going on in their bank account. Yeah. So knowing that you have to get a connection first. I'd rather not tell important. you about either. I'm just kidding. Yeah, that's fine. We're good. <laughs> um, David, if I were to ask you, what's the tipping point of success for your company? What would you say? I would say the real tipping point for us, and I hope to hit tip two or three more times, but I think the first one was when we, we secured our first public company as a client. That was really a moment where up until that point, it was a little bit of fake it until you make it. Okay. Um, yeah. Tell me, tell me about that time and, and how did it, how did it happen? Uh, so again, Francesca, just reaching out continuously, trying to get connected, found some, did some research, found some problems in their retirement plan that we, she thought we could solve. And they went through three CFOs before one finally took her call. And when they finally did, they brought us in. We were probably, uh, punching above our weight class, but yeah. in the end, we really solved some big problems for them um, and saved them over $200,000 a year, plus put some good structures in place, found a couple of things that were flaws that could have been problematic for them. And um, it's really caused our business to take off because we've been able to say we work with these people and and this is uh, the problems we've solved for them. So yeah, was I was just going to say, other than the money of, of the client, how, how, how did that roll out into more success. Yeah, it was um, it was the ability to, to use the case and tell them, hey, look, here are the problems they solved. Here's what we did for them. Here's who they are now. So uh, they actually started out and they went through two massive mergers that tripled the size of the company. And we really held their hands through the whole thing and were able to show them. So we have an expertise now in mergers and acquisition that we didn't have when we started. Um, and we can show that we can show the ability to work with public companies and all the reporting that's required. So being able to demonstrate all those things were huge for us and uh, yep. continues to help the business grow. I love it. David, two questions. What do you hope listeners will get out of this episode from your story and, uh, and, and how can listeners connect with you? Sure. So I'm going to give you two things, uh, depending on who the listener is. If the listener is an entrepreneur, I'd like them to take away the fact that I didn't have a college degree when I, at normal time, I got a college, I finished my degree when I turned 40, when I started this company. So I got- Wait, what made you decide to get a degree at 40? Um, when you hand out your disclosure documents, when you have an RIA, which is what we are now, registered investment advisor, it says right in there what your level of education is. And I never mm -hmm. wanted to have to look at my business partners in the eye and say, we didn't get a piece of business because I didn't have a degree. Right. So, but yeah, I made it all the way to 40 and was reasonably successful, uh, you know, senior vice president, et cetera, at the large firms without ever getting my degree. So um, 
there's, you know, it's not about a silver spoon. It's about how hard you want to work and you can go get it if you want to work hard enough for it. So that would be on the entrepreneur side, on the client side or the, or the uh, individual looking for financial advice, make sure your advisor understands who you are and what you care about, because at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. It's not, you're not competing with the S and P 500. You're competing with how do I reach my personal goals and dreams? So that's what I'd like. Yeah. And how do you connect with me? Uh, you can email me. It's Dave, D-A-V-E, at 12points.com. And the 12 is spelled out. So Dave at 12points.com. Love it. Dave, thanks for being on the show. Thanks, Danny. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to our show, What Makes Them Tip, innovations that changed everything. If you're an entrepreneurial leader and you'd like to share the inspiration that changed everything in your business or venture, please visit arkalea.com slash guest and a small request. If you've liked this interview, please help us out by sharing this episode with a friend or on social with the hashtag Arkalea. You can also help us out right now by providing a review in your podcast player and a thumbs up or rating review would help a ton. We promise to read every word and it helps us improve a little bit each day. And while you're at it, please also subscribe because every week you're going to be inspired and learn from other leaders in bite-sized increments. Again, my name is Mike Strada. Let's connect either on social or stay up to date on all things business at arcalea.com. Thanks again for listening and thank you for being part of the over 99% of America's firms that make up the entrepreneurial community. Until next time.